1: pull up oh my
0: Trent checks the clock lets it fly and catches siakam dips inside finishes plus the bat
1: hello hello welcome to the raptors over everything podcast my name's emma fan please do rate review and subscribe and like and subscribe on youtube as well where you can also watch this segment with katie heindel hi katie what's up hi (laughs) how goes it it's going well. I think
0: we could do a little bit behind the curtain. It's like before we start, you and I always get our like more familiar like catch ups out of the way. So when we do this like official
1: one, I'm always at a loss of what to say. Yeah, it's like podcast etiquette. You ask the person how they're doing, even though you've you already it. asked, but it'd be weird to us to like jump into it. Hi, there's yeah. Katie. You say hi. <laughs> hey, topic one. Um, but but yeah. for,
0: for all intents and purposes for the audience, I'm well. Oh, wow. Perfect. Thank you for, and thank you for asking.
1: You are welcome. You are so very welcome. Um, you didn't ask me how I'm doing, but that's fine. I,
0: oh, I'm, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm joking. I'm
1: joking. How
0: are you doing?
1: Oh, well, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I guess somewhat better than the Toronto Raptors. I think I said that the last time we talked, It's getting a little deja vu. Anyways. Yeah. It's evergreen. I know. I know. Everyone's, <laughs> they're up, they're down. They're up, they're down. Scotty's great. Pascal's awesome. Fred's injured up and down to go throughout the season. But right now, yeah, you could say they're a little bit down, I suppose, because they've lost three games in a row. Um, They're in the midst of this road trip, which is very difficult. Keep on seeing the strength of schedule, and the Raptors have the easiest strength of schedule, or one of the easiest. You look at the teams they're facing, like, what are you you talking about? Like, every team in the NBA is difficult these days, at least hard to play against. As the Detroit Pistons, Raptors can't beat them. Curse, all that. anyway. Um, <clears throat> with Katie, we're going to look at uh, a few of the concerning trends or things maybe we shouldn't be concerned about. Kind of looking at some of the topics that are kind of trending with the Toronto Raptors using a Nick Nurse squat concern meter. So, for those who are probably just listening, you could check my Twitter. I'll send out the photos, but we're using three photos of Nick Nurse. One of them is a hunch, which I guess would be the lower end of concern. You have him in his deep, deep squat, which would be a medium level of concern. And then the final photo from the bubble, which is one of my favorite photos of Nick Nurse. Um, he is in a unbelievable squat. He's got his arms out. I can't believe his pants didn't split. That would be, oh my gosh. And he's screaming. Talk. Yes, he's screaming, exactly. No. <laughs> yeah, that would be, we need to talk about this. this has to actually figured out right now because I'm scared. So those are the degrees um, we can just call it like, I don't know, hunch, deep squat, and split squat. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with those ones. Okay. So starting with um, a very, another trendy topic with the Toronto Raptors, them versus the zone defense, Mm -hmm. all kinds of zone defenses. Now a colleague of mine, Samson Folk, did a breakdown yesterday, actually, and you can check it out on YouTube if you'd like, just talking about how the Raptors have gone about, you know, beating zone defenses, what's missing and things of that nature. So go ahead and check it out if you'd like, but kind of in a nutshell they've struggled they've been up and down and uh yeah <clears throat> are the answers simply that they just need og and fred back and things are fixed i'm not sure katie how about you
0: um you know what i'm gonna be a simpleton and say yeah <laughs> i think
1: oh, it's wait, not- what's, what's your concern meter what oh, are you oh my nursing- concern yeah yeah, so- yeah
0: um this is a light this is like a mid- yeah this is a mid this is the mid so he's this just is in a deep- mid
1: he's in a deep squat but he's not uh yeah mm it's not all the way
0: no this is a hunch
1: then this is a hunch this okay. is a hunch okay. yeah we'll, not we'll sorry out, folks stay with getting us comf- we'll i'm us
0: getting comfortable
1: it's all good um yeah we're in hunch mode <laughs> yeah. I, I also i'm aware that that is not technically a squat the hunch but i mean i couldn't find it's it on,
0: on its way it could be the thing is that it could yeah. be on its way to a, okay, a if he deep bends his squat. legs
1: just a bit no he is bending yeah. his legs in this photo yeah
0: okay yeah. so it's, a, yeah. it's a, bit of a squat anyway as you were yeah. yes
1: okay <laughs>
0: uh yeah really light it's a light hunch it's a light hunch for me uh because i think if things like don't not to say things will immediately rectify themselves once those guys are back but there will be a a certain level of normalcy that kind of returns to the team like i think Mm. a level of equilibrium that returns to the team just by virtue of them almost just their gravity i would say on the team uh especially just like Fred's organization, (laughs) uh, of things on the floor, which I am kind of missing now. And you can see, you can see, uh, the effects of that with him out of the lineup. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the, my level of concern pretty light with that. I do see things sort of setting themselves more to rights when those guys get back.
1: Yeah. For everyone um just so you know we are recording on wednesday before the the game tonight against the spurs and at the moment uh fred van vliet he practiced Mm -hmm. yesterday so it would you would think that you know once a player is practicing usually with the raptors that means that they're going to play in the next game but he is still technically questionable that's what we know um but yes him being back is a huge factor he's one of their best uh deep threats he organizes the offense, just like you're saying. And OG, another factor in this, he's like, you know, shooting around 38% from, from three. It's actually a little bit of a dip, you know, over the past few seasons for him. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's got a pretty quick trigger. He's worked on that over the years. And uh, the Gary thing, we're going to get to that in a second, but it's it's hard to make too much of it just because he's been playing so well for most of the season. And, and maybe the all-star break just wasn't really good to him. I'm not sure what he did on his all-star break. I don't know, but something happened and he just hasn't really found his groove yet, which is kind of cool, which is, which is kind of unfortunate, but um, I guess the thing that does concern me just a little bit. So I'm in, I'm in the same spot. I'm on, I'm in hunch mode okay. is that, I mean, looking at the playoffs now, and we're going to get to Malachi Flynn in a second, but teams are going to start, you know, continuously zoning the Raptors and okay. your starting lineup is good to go, but there is still a very much a, a, a lack of depth when it comes to shooters. And, um, you have three or four shooters that we're just talking about the three guys that I mentioned, Fred, OG, Gary, and, and Malachi, I guess, would be your, some of your best shooters. And how are you staying your lineup to make sure that a few of those guys are always out there. And are you going to lose those like three, four minute chunks once, once, you know, Fred does, does go to the bench. Cause that's when the team's obviously going to start zoning you because you lose your shooters. They've seen how this has gone over the past little while. And so I think that does, you know, present a bit of an issue for the, for the Raptors, but I mean, it is what it is. And also the other part of it, too, is that, you know, what they're trying to do is that because they don't have a lot of shooters, they're trying to, you know, find ways to penetrate to finish down low. And then they don't have great finishers down low either. Like Chris is okay. Uh, Precious has gotten better. You know, Scotty's obviously pretty good and Pascal's there. But, like, look no further than that Cavs game where Jared Allen just, like, blocked the you-know-what out of Thad Young after, like, Pascal gave him a really nice entry pass and there's a layup right there. And Jared, like, sent that to the moon. And I think those are things that you got to think about. You, you don't have great shooters outside. You don't have a lot of great finishers down low. So where are you going to score within your, your zone offense? It's a tricky thing that they're going to have to figure out. But if they get healthy, um, yeah, I mean, they're probably going to be better off. And I would imagine that next season, they'll have a bit more depth in these categories. I, I mean, think.
0: you always got to think and you always should be thinking about Jared Allen. All of us should be.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but I think, you know, th- that's like, t- yeah. to me, that's a little bit decision making. Mm-hmm. Sure. Maybe in addition to lack of personnel, um, because, you know, he's a he's a player on the Cavs are a team, too, that are going to capitalize on gaps like that where they can yeah. with size, you know, and they're they they the Raptors aren't looking so big these days (laughs) that's another thing right is in addition to what you said about shooters like yeah yeah, they they can be woefully lacking shooters even when they've got all their shooters uh but especially the size kind of thing is is you're noticing the imbalances of that especially against a team like the Cavs.
1: it's too bad jared allen fractured his finger that sucks
0: it does suck speedy recovery to jared allen
1: that team just can't stay healthy. Like, if they were healthy, you know, they got uh, Colin Sexton in there, um, Jared Allen, obviously, mm-hmm. um, Ricky Rubio. Like, so I many know. players have just fallen fallen off, uh, off the wagon for them this season. And if they had all of them, I mean, who knows where they would be in the rankings. But they've clearly established a new culture there. They're going to be good for years to come. Evan mm-hmm. Mobley is incredible. I actually wonder if we're going to see a, a co-rookie of the years between Scotty and Evan.
0: I, I mean, I would love that. I don't know if the league <laughs> –
1: Mm.
0: Would the league award that
1: they've done I it before like someone okay someone mentioned that to me a little while ago oh, i gotta look uh, look it up now who i are... would love
0: that and i feel like so many people would get up in arms about that and be like this is just like participation awards but i'm first pers- i'm someone who i'm like <laughs> yeah make more awards Why not?
1: <laughs> i love awards right awards are fun what's wrong with the what's wrong mm-hmm. with the awards? it's a good time award everybody it's been a yeah. rough two two years you know make Holy some more awards. no kidding speaking of things that we talked about before we started recording, yes <laughs> that was one of the topics. oh i'm trying to find it uh, i'll get to that in a second oh okay I'll, I'll find it anyways yeah i think we're kind of in sync on a lot of these things and uh hopefully fred is back tonight he's been sorely missed he's actually coaching Anyways, he's been coaching on off uh, off the bench. And I thought after Nick Nurse got ejected against the pistons game, I thought he was just gonna like strip off, have a new shirt. and He's just gonna be like, All right, guys, I'm in, here we go. But he oh, right into a
0: deep squat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: He could actually have a deeper squat, I think, than Nick Nurse. Yeah, he
0: could. He's in he's I mean, he's in shape for it. Yeah,
1: yeah it's true yeah that's actually how he plays defense anyways he's got like <laughs> one hell of a squad i admire i mean his his east west movement it's it's pretty exceptional um you don't really think about that part but his north south obviously isn't this isn't the same but uh east west pretty damn good um another point good on the raptors malachi flynn so mm-hmm. this topic i he's a sophomore player so i'm i'm Saying this delicately because I don't want to, like, you know, put certain opinions out there that may not be true, but I wonder where he is with the Toronto Raptors organization just because of how things have gone this year. And I'll give you, like, a quick, very quick rundown of kind of how the events played out. So, reportedly, uh, Malachi lost the uh, backup point guard position to Delano in training camp. He was told that it's yours to lose, and I guess he lost it, right? And then after that, uh, you know, the drag-ish thing happens, and Raptors say, you know what, we're going to go with. Uh, scotty and pascal as point guards okay cool they did kind of prioritize their development in, mm-hmm. those, in that in that decision because they had already decided that that delano was going to be a backup point guard or one of those guys so now like malachi is essentially fifth in the depth chart when it comes to backup point or, or, yeah when it comes to point guards fred uh scotty pascal delano then then him and then just like that all of a sudden like malachi is will smith in the final episode of fresh prince where he's just standing inside the living room he's like okay so there's no minutes for me like i just had a pretty damn good rookie year i won eastern conference rookie of the month in april and now just like that boom no minutes for me Mm -hmm. right and he got some spot minutes here and there throughout the season not a lot and when nick was asked about you know why he wasn't playing or like what's going on there he kind of said that you know he's he's not uh, pressuring the ball enough he's not hitting shots properly he's, not, he's reading and reacting isn't the best and i'm like eh, how can you get all that stuff from like two minutes like of garbage time that was my opinion on it but then this comes up the situation where he has to play now and look at that you know, six games 13 points 50% from the field, 42% from three. And other players were asked about it. Gary, Chris Boucher on hustle play. And they're just like, yeah, we knew he could do this. He was doing this last season. He didn't forget how to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And Chris also even said that, you know, you could tell that it was kind of, it was, it was hurting Malachi what was going on this season. Like he wasn't, he's being professional from, from the whole time. He wasn't showing that it was frustrating for him that he was kind of bummed out that he just all of a sudden lost all of his minutes after having such a good rookie year. But he was professional, but it was, it was affecting him. Mm -hmm. Um, But now all of a sudden, because this opportunity comes and he does all kinds of great things with it. Yes. He just got this injury, which really sucks. Hopefully he's back soon, but where do you think Malachi is with the Raptors organization right now? Do you think he's cool with them? How concerned are you about, I guess, his level of commitment to Toronto? This is a tough
0: one. Like this is is, a tough one to determine because it feels like it's been so ongoing, mm-hmm. um, and like in so much development, even from last season, like I really, I really feel for not just Malachi Flynn, but like a lot of the rookies that were drafted last season. But I mean, the Raptors, especially like you come into a team that is just like in no way in an, under normal circumstances, right? Like it's just operating honestly, like on a shoestring kind of as is in Tampa, you have no sense of like what the actual dynamics. Uh, of the team are, I mean, you got to get to know that kind of stuff as a rookie player anyway, but then mm-hmm. when you don't even have the baseline of like home court and all the, like, you know, the training facilities and like the scheduling that kind of comes around with that, the nutrition stuff, like all of the routine stuff, Moving to you Toronto. don't have, yeah. Like <laughs> you don't him, have any right?
1: he of that to stuff. You had no idea.
0: Yeah, exactly. About, yeah. In your first season. And then you kind of have a second new rookie season, which, I mean, I think he said like you and I were both at, um, like some of those media days, when and I think Malachi was asked that and he was like, it's kind of feels like a rookie season like yeah. over again. He was quite hopeful then. And I I feel bad because like, you know, this season thus far hasn't really shaken out properly. And like I think he's in also in a tough spot because it's not like mm-hmm. he wants to go to 905 and get reps in. He does, I um, think. I I think like a part of me sometimes thought like maybe he should do that. But then yeah. there's a question of like, well, you're taking time away from those guys, like he's in this Mm. unfortunate, real weird middle ground of like, he's not a player like Delano who can kind of seamlessly fluidly is expected to go back and forth between nine Oh five and Toronto. He's supposed to be a Raptors player. Right. Um, and, but he's not getting, as you said, like he's not getting many minutes to be able to like, put all those things together that Nick nurse wants him to. So He's just like, and the minutes he had early on, he still looked quite trepidatious, right? In what he was bringing to the floor. i um, really unsure of himself. So, I mean, I believe Chris Boucher when they say like, you know, he didn't forget how to play basketball, but there is such a thing as like, you gotta optimize the con- like the right conditions when they come to you. And I don't necessarily think Malachi Flynn has ever necessarily had the right conditions. And that's not a knock on his character because I also think mm. he's made the most of them when they have come to him. Uh, but it's a really confusing position to be in it, for him too. like, this is his first, it's his first NBA team he's ever kind of dealt with, worked with, been with. So if he's having kind of second thoughts about where he fits and what his future looks like, you know, I wonder where he where he kind of sees himself he's got no other comparison points and like what's been a really shaky first two years for himself all that said i'd probably go mid middle squat (laughs)
1: the deep squat the deep squat squat. just
0: because i think if anything because i think there's some real urgency to this now that maybe it didn't seem like there was last season because they're not in Toronto the beginning of the season, because we were all kind of waiting to see, all right, now he's back. He's going to be in the routine. You know, we'll see how this works out. And I have a little bit of urgency, I think from the franchise itself too, to like make sense of what it is they want. It's one thing to like ask this of a player, but like how are you supporting getting this out of the player? Mm-hmm. You know, like you haven't necessarily shown that in the the minutes that you want to give him. And like, that's a two-way street you want to ask for like a return you've got to give some opportunities for that return to be delivered so it's been great to see him flourish like when he's when he's like kind of under the gun a little bit um and i wonder about like the consistency questions there but yeah i think there is some urgency and if you're malachi flynn you're you're kind of looking at it like well all right if i'm fifth fifth string and like who knows what the rebuild situation is going to look like, or the retooling, I should say, I don't want to get anyone panicked, but like (laughs) what the retooling is going to look like this summer and where he fits into that, depending on who comes along. Right. You might be trying to look at like, well, maybe this isn't the best situation for me anymore. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm going to get better by getting more minutes, am I going to get more minutes here?
1: I thought maybe he's going to get traded at the the deadline, but that didn't happen. But also his, his value surely wasn't where probably it is now after mm-hmm. the six-game stretch that mm-hmm. he had. And I imagine if he does return, he's out indefinitely. Who knows what that means? Could be two weeks, two days. No idea, You're not going to find anything out from the Toronto Raptors, that's for sure. Um, but when he does return, I would imagine that he's going to slot into those, doing more backup point guard minutes. And like, I d- didn't understand, like why does it need to be Scotty or Pascal is the backup point guard now? Like, what is the value of them being the person bringing the ball up the court? Why can't it mm-hmm. just be like kind of staggered in some ways? Anyways, like you do need shooters and they don't have a lot of shooters. Malachi, um, granted, you know, he's been inconsistent for a little while, but I think, I mean, asking a player to come in with two minutes left in the fourth quarter after sitting the entire time, like, all right, come in there and bang a three. And you're judging him based off missing a three. I'm not sure like some guys can do it, but Malachi is not there yet. He's a sophomore. And for anyone curious, uh, he has a team option in 2023, 2024. There's a qualifying offer for the following season. So he's under contract for two more seasons at the very least. Um, And then after that, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I also think about, I mean, the Raptors are probably were a little bit con- confused about what direction they were going. I mean, look at no further than the, the situation is that mm-hmm. they brought him in, they played him. And then all of a sudden they just said, you're done. You are on the bench. People have their opinions about him, but in the end um, his comment that he said in Slovenia or wherever it was, it was a mistake. And he acknowledged that. But then after that, he showed up, he was playing. And then they just kind of said, we don't need you to play anymore. Mm-hmm. Though we, there were times where he probably could have helped the Raptors. And you know? also he had, he's, playing okay for Brooklyn right now so that was a decision by the the Raptors and I think they are kind of figuring out as we're talking like retooling and how do they get the best out of this philosophy that they're trying to do and at the time you know you could argue that Delano Banton was a better option just because of how physically imposing he is at the point guard position we've seen him you know just manhandle some point guards on the other side because of his size and you know switchability his ability to double how his transition play it's all there but when it comes down to it Malachi is a better point guard and Nick even said that too when he was asked about uh his play recently he's like I was pretty confident that he was going to run the team well that's a good thing (laughs) you can't say the same thing about uh, Delano Banton because he's not there yet he is a rookie and so but Malachi his pick and roll ability um, he just he's making things pretty easy on a lot of players and he's making things happen on the offensive end and then defensively he's he was always a pretty he he punches above his weight. I'll put it that way He Mm -hmm. plays very tough. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure where he is with the organization. I'm probably in a deep squad as well, because if I was him, I wouldn't, I'd be kind of like, why'd you do me like that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you can't begrudge
0: him. Like you can't really begrudge him feeling like that. Cause like when you've been in limbo, I'd say when you've been in limbo for maybe three quarters of your career thus far, right? Like that's weird. That isn't going to like mess with your head, even mm. if you're the most like, and he seems like he's pretty intent on like improving, right? Like he's in the gym, he's training, like he's sticking around after games where he needs to, like, I don't, yeah. I think he's doing everything he can to like mitigate how weird that feels, but it's still a weird thing hanging over you.
1: Speaking of weird, how weird would it be when Matt and and Malachi walk past each other in an empty hallway? You know, you can't really hide yourself in that, in that, right? Yeah. Um, Or even that, like that tunnel going up to the Raptors locker room at Scotiabank Arena. Oh, yeah. Pretty pretty tight. I mean,
0: I've had the contact. I've talked about some of the weird uh, interactions (laughs) I've had in that tunnel. It is a weird space. It (laughs) is a weird space. Yeah. Context is just removed. You are just in a vacuum
1: with someone else. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I feel for him. And I feel like in, in some ways, like he plays some games with the 905 and he mm-hmm. performed okay. It's actually, it's kind of weird. Like, Delano Banton is going to perform better at the G League level because of his one-on-one ability and, you know, his ability to kind of create off the dribble. And also his jump shot has improved over the over the season. So credit to him for that. But then Malachi is going to do better in the NBA because he's just more NBA ready when it comes to mm-hmm. basketball IQ. And uh, I mean, he's got like a pretty sneaky uh, one-on-one game too. He had like, a crossover against the Marcus Aldridge that I sent out. I'm just like, it was on the crossover. It was a, it was a HESI. That's what it was. And I was like, oh, there he is. And, you know, I forgot, like, I forgot he could do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the last thing I will say that just it comes to mind when we're talking about his gameplay and his style is he's a, he's a much quieter player, right? Like he's a, he's, yeah. he, he it, and the Raptors aren't really like that right now. If we're going to talk about fit, um, so he's kind of the odd man out there, too, because to a degree, when you're trying to get more minutes, you've got to be flashier because the optics count as much mm-hmm. as it counts with what your coaches and your trainers are seeing on the back end, like the optics count too. But sometimes, even like Malachi's most impressive stretches, just seem much quieter. Uh, on the floor yeah. right in in game time. So I wonder about that as well because if it's not your natural tendency to like be a Gary Trent Jr. style like player on the floor, you know, and let them fly in like the way that he does, you also are a little bit on the outs.
1: It's true. Um especially coming off the bench unless you're the mm-hmm. the starting point guard or starting in any capacity, right? There's um I would say you have a bit more of a leash, but coming off the bench, especially, and I guess we can pivot right now to Nick Nurse and level of concern about his defensive mentality and how it may hurt the offense. But also Mm -hmm. thinking about a player like Malachi, even like a Utah, who I think hasn't really been given a fair shot this year, despite the fact that the Raptors really need three-point shooting, and he's Mm -hmm. not exactly a liability on the defensive end. Like with Svi, it's cool that he got a new opportunity with the Raptors because of injuries, but um, defensively, like he's not the same player that Utah is, right? Um, but then Utah, like you know you're going to get it on the defensive end. You just weren't really sure about the the offensive end, and he's been a bit up and down this season. He had some injuries, but I look at him over the past, uh, past five games. Um, he's four of eight from three. He did miss a shot against the Cavaliers. Oh, damn. But, um, yeah, players like these two, and I wonder if um, there's potentially a – Bit too much of a an emphasis on defense at some times because of how woeful their their offense is. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Concerned. I think.
0: Level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's probably a deep again, um, mm-hmm. not like a not a not the scream, not the screaming squat, but the mid deep because worry, there's
1: going to be a scream here just so everyone knows there will be a couple of screams and yeah the- i have yeah. to
0: admit i'm trying to think ahead to what we said we we're going to talk about because <laughs> i was like i got i, I kind of want to save the screaming squat for when i really mean it you know i don't oh, just yeah. want to throw it out there yeah um this to me a little bit feels like nick nurse kind of returning to um like resting on his laurels a bit returning to formulas that have worked in the past and expecting Mm. the same kind of results. Um, Because yeah, historically, I'd say even that spurts of last season and in seasons past, but basically under Nick Nurse's tenure defense, good defense has always been generative to the offense, right? Like we've just seen that time and time again with ball movement, um, I think in transition to, but like, it's not having the same spark affect with this group and i mean that's understandable it's a completely different group so to a degree you're asking them to follow the same formulas that yeah they should get some of this stuff down but you're maybe not playing to their strong suits you know mm. in the same way of the group that you had before this that you knew really well like you know like yeah. nick nurse knew previous iterations of the Raptors really well from when he was an assistant coach with them. You know, he mm-hmm. saw all those, like what they were capable of defensively. So I think you've got a lot of younger players. Now the length is a, is a question like maybe the way that your current schemes don't actually work uh, to, you know, emphasize the length or yeah. you're not really helping your guys utilize length to the best of their ability. And maybe these guys like this sounds pretty rudimentary, but they're younger. They're really fast. And like, they probably are just more concerned with playing. They want to play offense more. Right. And to sometimes I think you should lean into that, right. Because like you might get results. It might go the other way. Offense yeah. may be generative of defense in that sense, because you're asking them to buy into something that they like and and like performing a little bit more. So mm-hmm. there's something um, stagnant for sure. Yeah. To me about it. Uh, and I don't know. I think what makes it a deep squat for me is I don't necessarily know the, like he's maybe, Nick Nurse has maybe dug himself into a little bit of a hole with this one.
1: I, I hear what you're saying. I didn't say during the zone segment, but I, I felt like um, there's been a bit of zone fatigue from yes. them on the offensive zone end, fatigue. which I, yeah. <laughs> And, it's nimble. Well, I mean, us as a fan base, for sure. But I think yeah, we got every it. time they see it, they're just like, <laughs> oh, Lee, another zone. And um, because, like, the spacing and how fast the ball moves, like, you want it to move pretty fast with zone defenses, mm-hmm. but because of the lack of shooters, it's not probably moving the way that it should because they just can't get in the paint properly. There's not enough threats. And so, you know, defenses are staying home quite a bit. And so it does become very stagnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and the offense overall, though, I mean, we I think we've talked about the offense of nick nurses for the past few seasons like it is pretty isolation heavy that's how he likes to get the ball moving um is it right i'm not sure because he's had success with it with Kawhi leonard and then they won a championship so it's a tough one to say we're gonna get to pascal in a second but he's one of that's so
0: specific right that is so specific yeah it was his first season so he's like i did it i know it worked right i know
1: pascal he's top five uh, isolation possessions and he's know taking a step this year in his in his uh offensive side of of the ball with his mid-range and everything so he probably thinks that we can still do this and even Fred's up there too in terms of isolation possessions and I pet Fred isn't really an isolation player necessarily he can do mm-hmm. it in certain matchups but Pascal is like probably your only player who can probably get it against anyone while Fred can do it against some guys and when he doesn't do it very well, you get those possessions against, like, OKC at the end of the game, where he gets, like, blocked by Shea Gillis Alexander. Um, mm-hmm. So you're right. I think that probably they they do, they could benefit more from playing a, a person like Yuta Watanabe. And I say this because, I mean, I, just, I feel like if he is a person who isn't going to hurt you defensively, right, and on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball, he has shown an ability recently that he can actually, you know, hit a three. And that Earlier on in the season, I actually didn't even mind that they weren't playing him because it got to a point where their starters were so good that they're like, I mean, if they're if all these guys are cool playing thirty seven minutes, let's just roll with them because they're <laughs> going to at least hit the shots. And again, their half court offense isn't good anyways. But if he is hitting his shots, like that game against the Cavs, he played four minutes. I watched the four minutes just before we started talking, and I'm like, Utah didn't really do anything wrong. Yeah, he missed a shot. Right, it was a play ran for him, and he missed it. But then he didn't play after that, and that was at the end mm-hmm. of the first quarter, early second quarter. He didn't get a, another stint after that. Meanwhile, the Raptors are struggling on the other side of the ball, trying to score on on offense because they don't have enough three point shooters. They were shot like twenty three percent or something like that, and they're shooting thirty two percent from from three since the All Star break. And you have a person like him who is not going to hurt you offensively or defensively, and could actually hit a shot or two for you, and also. No, another thing that was an issue with their their bench is that there isn't a lot of playmaking on it, right? You had a lot of players like mm-hmm. a Kem, a Chris, a Precious, guys who can score through offense with the help of others. While Utah, he's a person that can actually you know cut and make uh, important decisions really fast. And that lack of playmaking from the bench core um, probably hurt a person like Kim because he doesn't really have that isolation game, and he's more of a slasher slash uh, three point shooter. But a person like Thad going there, um, because who is a pretty heady player, they can probably work off each other a little bit. And there probably just needs a a bit more time to get some chemistry between him and some of the other point guards point forwards. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just don't think he should have been relegated to this bench role because I think he's better than that. And I also worry a little bit about what this is going to mean for him after the season, because he is a free agent. And this was a huge year for him. I think I've said that like four or five times over the course of mm-hmm. the year, that this is a huge year for him. This is career defining. And where is this opportunity going to come now after kind of a lousy season with the Raptors to this point?
0: Yeah, I'm with you on Utah. I don't think it's been a really fair um, assessment, you know, of like his skills and like Nick yeah. Nurse, not necessarily. um using him in a way that like optimizes what he's good at. I get wanting to put a focus on offense, like offensive capabilities, if that's what you're trying to push. But if a player isn't showing you that, or like in your, you're exactly right. Like he missed a shot. Like he, he kind of dinged up one of the plays ran for him, but it's yeah. not like he's not performing poorly across the board like that. Then like put him where he will be useful to you. Yeah. You know? And I think I do want to go back to what you said just about the playmaking because I would say, maybe across the board, like aside from Fred Van Vliet, um, OG Ananobi, sometimes Pascal Siakam's getting better at this, yeah. but just shot creation and like players that are able to just mm-hmm. like. I mean, obviously Kawhi Leonard is one of the best players in the league and probably all time at that. Yeah. Right. And that's something that I think the Raptors have always sort of struggled with in that they haven't ever really had that prototype of player, you know, and their offense to me has always been the best one. Everybody's getting a lot of touches, you know, and it isn't this idea of ISO, you know, uh, mm-hmm. ISO offensive play. And I think, maybe that's where they're struggling too, because it's like, you're asking for guys to do something that, you know, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Ojin Anobi, Chris Boucher, they didn't come up in that kind of era, even of offensive yeah. play with the Raptors. That wasn't what it was about, you know, under Kyle Lowry. And I'm tr- I'm not trying to like say I'm stuck in the past, <laughs> but you've got to, you've got to adjust like incrementally, I think in that sense. So I don't know. It's, it's like, it is, it's a tough situation because you're kind of putting it on your starters and your team leaders to play a totally different way because you've decided yeah. as the coach, this is our offensive plan now.
1: You mm-hmm. mm-hmm. could really, uh, Fred could really use a pick and roll big. That's for sure. I think that would help a lot of their offense (laughs) because they don't really run a lot of pick and roll. And I think Fred is a person that you would want to run a lot for him because of how good he is, you know, his gravity as a shooter. Um, He's a pretty smart passer. He's you know, made some some leaps there this season. Um but yeah, probably this year is actually the year where i think there's been the most off ball movement in Nick Nurse's offense. Um and it's probably been a little bit slow footing but you, early on in the season too. Like Holly talked about was their defensive principles and like how they're trying to inching there and inching there and inching there and then like December we saw the offense improve just a bit. There was a bit more mm-hmm. movement. It wasn't so dependent on them getting transition points, which have actually dipped Recently, by the way, (laughs) they're not getting as much transition points as they, as they used to probably because of all these zone defenses and fatigue and yada, yada, yada. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think now where they they are is that they probably need to make a call and it would probably help if they had a bit more talent on the offensive side of the ball, more shooters. Um, That would probably help Nick as well, but a person like Utah, I just don't see why he has to be relegated this way. Um, Granted, you know, precious Achua, his emergence as a three-point shooter, his improvement, to his credit, that is a factor now as well because he can actually hit threes now. That's awesome, right? And Chris has been a bit up and down, but he's shown ability to do that. Those are those two are probably their most consistent um, bench players at the moment. And then I'm sure Kim will go back to the bench once uh, once OG returns, um, or I guess Fred's going to come back too. So we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see how all that narrows down. But um, yeah, there's a lack of playmaking, and I think that's hurt Utah quite a bit. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's the moral of all this. It's a deep squat for Utah. It's a deep squat again. Actually, did you see that uh, you mentioned Kawhi. Did you see that Mm -hmm. he was um, taking shots yesterday? I did. I did. Isn't that exciting, right? It is. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. exciting yeah it reminded me of uh game five against the warriors when KD came back and i think all of us were just like looking at his legs like how's it going is he moving okay because i found myself just looking at his legs and i'm going off of like cell phone videos from like a mile (laughs) away and i'm like is that quiet that is quiet okay so how's he moving oh he's doing a little bit of a little bit of shimmy a little bit of shaking Okay, he's walking light jog no running he's he's (laughs) walking That's where I was. I'm curious yeah. he, if he is returning. I thought it was interesting that he's on the bench now with the Clippers because to me, and they're on a road trip, I believe. And so the fact that he was joining them for it, usually if a player isn't there, that means that they're not even close, right? That mm-hmm. They're not even, they're at home, they're doing their thing, they're rehabbing. But now that he's with the team, to me, that means like he's at a different stage of his, of his uh, return. I think it's a chemistry thing too with them, yeah. right? It's just mm-hmm. like
0: the clippers as like an abstract the clippers are like a metaphysical team right now and being like what are the clippers i don't know no one does um so i think to build them back up to like an identity you need Kawhi with the team
1: oh yeah you do you do you do you do and if he does come back i mean those playing games are going to be insane we'll see how the western conference shakes out but um Kawhi comes back and he's like any version of himself. you got Paul George doing Paul George things. That's a pretty interesting team. Norm Powell. Ooh, can't believe Norm Powell is a clipper. He's so happy over there, isn't he? Just he is really happy. I'm,
0: I'm very sad that he didn't get to, that Serge didn't get to stick around in that. um, And they could have a mini, mini reunion, but
1: uh-huh. alas. Well, we're going to get to that in a second, but Serge Ibaka is a free agent after this season moving on to gary trent junior's shooting woes so okay. um, no explanation needed are you hunch are you deep squat or are you split squat <laughs> on your shooting woes
0: i think with this kind of stuff i i like i'm just i can't get myself worked up enough you know to yeah. go below a hunch uh, because I think these okay. kinds of things, especially with a player like Gary Trent Jr., who's shown the improvement that he has, you know, like this mm-hmm. all throughout this season, just like steady, steady improvement. It's not like all of that goes out the window because he's had a little bit of a slump. This kind of stuff happens, yeah. you know, Um it's interesting. Cause I really wouldn't have put him down as much of like a rhythm kind of player. We've talked about this before as like, I think someone like Pascal Siakam is, uh, which is why I always feel like after like first, like getting into the season or like after something like the all-star break, it does always take Pascal Siakam a little bit of time to like get back into the rhythm sure. uh, of things. I didn't really put Gary there. So it's a little bit surprising, but I'm mm. not, I'm not, I can't go deeper than a hunch.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got you. Um, I'm, I'm going to be a hunch as well. And again, I promise we are going to get to the split squads <laughs> momentarily. Okay. But, uh, for anyone curious since the all-star break, um, he's scoring 13.4 points per game, 29% shooting 22% from three and he's, uh, he's collecting three assists a game. So, all of those kind of stats to me. And you look at what he's done over the past few games, like he's missing some very makeable shots, shots mm-hmm. that are makeable for at least for his standards and mechanics are there. Um, teams are game planning for him a lot. Like, especially with all these zone defenses, they're cheating off others because they're like, I'm not scared of Chris Boucher or Scotty Barnes hitting a shot, but I am scared of Gary Tran jr. Because like I mean, we said before, he's like a microwave scorer. Once he gets mm-hmm. going, like he, everything can go in. It's yeah. just like buckets on buckets on buckets. And so he has that ability to him. Um, I do think this is a good experience for him. I mean, he's handling the ball a lot more than he probably was earlier on in the season. He wouldn't get this opportunity unless all these injuries were, were taking place. So him being a pick and roll more as like a, a picker and or as a, as a shooter or as a, as that option, probably not reps he would get in any other case than, than this. So those are good situations for him to, to be in. And, doesn't really pass a lot out of it, but he'll he'll learn how to. <laughs> and other part two, you know, Cleveland game, he made three of his last four shots and the one miss was a step back and it went in and out. So take that for what it is. He's a very confident person. He was asked about it. He's just like, I'm gonna trust my work, I'm gonna do my work, and I'm gonna trust that I'm gonna figure this out. Then he was asked again mm-hmm. about it and he said the exact same thing. Yeah. I trust my work, <laughs> I do my work, and I'm gonna figure it out. So I think we'll be okay.
0: That's the only answer you're going to get out of him.
1: Yeah, he's not much of a a talker. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. Do you, Gary? At least defensively, he's still still doing that. But it is interesting knowing that, you know, that Cavs game, like if he has a somewhat okay game or even like other games in this three-game losing streak, if he has a mediocre game, like a whatever game, they probably win those. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's how like the Pistons game, one example, the Cavs game, they were right there. And he just, yeah. Which is why I'm not... Like, that's why
0: I'm not so worried about it, right? Is like, it's such a small line between him playing like he is now and like having a bit of a jump back to familiar Gary Trent yeah. Jr. territory.
1: I like uh, vibes, Gary. You know, I like swag, vibes, Gary. Gary too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a version that I, I do prefer. Um, okay. Pascal Siakam, wear and tear. That's the next one because I... I'm this is where I'm going Um, a split squat because this is kind of this I'm a bit rattled about this one and it's going to also you know parlay into Fred Van Bleet in a second too because there is so much on his shoulders right now and Nick already asked so much of his starters of those five guys that are playing 39 plus minutes granted since the Oscar break he's playing like 36 minutes or so but his shot diet has kind of skewed towards, you know, driving and threes. So his Mm mid-range game has kind of gone away, which is unfortunate, probably more so because of some of the zone defenses he's encountering, but he is driving a lot. Like he's fifth in drives right now. And he's fifth in paint touches since the all-star break. So he is working his tail off to try and create offense. And I don't think we give him enough credit for his cardiovascular abilities because his engine is insane. And the ways in which like how consistent he is throughout a game, with his energy level despite being the focal point of the offense and also being one of the more important players on defensive end has been pretty impressive this whole 2022 it took him a while to get there, injury you know battling back from the shoulder but i am very concerned about what this is going to do to him 10 10 games from now Mm -hmm. especially going through a road trip where you're just not comfortable you know you're not at home you're not probably getting good good rest um granted like ox mckechnie is there is there he's their guy he's very good at his job all that i don't know enough about it to go any further than that but the games are still the games and he's had a lot of you know games where he's kind of struggled over the past five grant you cancel out that detroit and orlando game he's like 7 of 55 between those brooklyn games and the Cavs game um better teams yada 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 that's important but yeah, there's a lot on his shoulders. And I just, that never goes well for any player in any situation when it comes to this juncture of the season. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. Katie. Okay. I'm, concerned.
0: <laughs> I'm not, um, I can't join you okay. in the screaming squat, but I will okay. go a deep squat. But to me, uh, I think I veer more toward trusting that Pascal especially given what we've seen from him this season, the way he's talked about his mentality this season, his approach to the season, just like where he's at mentally being so different and in a much better place than he's been, you know, I'd say the last two seasons, I trust that he sees what's happening. He feels what's happening bodily. I'm sure. And like the mental pressures of it and can take it. And I think just understanding like where the franchise values him that it's a, it's an open line of communication. You know, if Pascal is not comfortable with that, um, he's comfortable and confident enough and vocal enough, uh, with his coaches and the team to say like, okay, like, this doesn't quite feel right. You made the point that like Alex McKechnie is with them, you know, like on this leg of the road trip, which is important to note just in terms of like proximity, right? Like this isn't a team that, that, has the management of its players as like a secondary concern. Um, I think, especially given how Pascal came into the season, you know, recovering from surgery, they're going to keep a very close eye on him. So that's, I guess what mitigates some of my concern about it, uh, because I think, you know, you can't take away his autonomy in this situation Um, and, and understanding like what he can, like he can manage himself, he can manage like the load and the sense of what he's being asked. Um, I think the depth of my squat extends more to um, the lack of help right yeah. now, right? Yeah. And like how to spread. Like it's one thing to, yeah, he can do this for now. But as you mentioned, like, okay, but how long term are we talking? You know, especially if you're looking at any kind of postseason run whatsoever even if it's short it's still a different kind of basketball so i think that's where the depth of my squad comes from but i'm not screaming yet
1: (laughs) yeah 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 um I guess like he's such a competitor and I can yeah. see, I can see, you know, when in that Cavs game, when things are kind of veering a certain way to his credit, like he, he stepped it up and he was going to the bucket every single possession and there was no hesitation about it. He knew his mismatch. It's pretty physical down there. He's getting a lot of hits. <laughs> I don't want to be the what's going on ref person, but he gets hit quite a bit. And mm-hmm. that's another part of it too, is that he's spending so much time in the paint, like I said earlier, 15 paint touches since uh, the all-star break. So there's going to be a lot of whacking. Some of that is going to be, you know, common. That's how it goes. When other things are going to be fouls and those hurt, man, I Feel like i to be in very general. Like, yeah, no kidding. It hurts. But this is, this is what the wear and tear that I'm talking about is how is it going to affect the rest of his season? And how is it going to affect the rest of his performance for the rest of this season? Because uh, he's vital to this team's success. And we don't know how OG is going to be when he returns. Hopefully he returns soon. Um, I guess this is a natural pivot to Fred Van Vliet because another person who's gone through a lot of wear and tear, right? Left groin earlier, now it's a right knee. And mm-hmm. I believe earlier on in the season, he said with his left groin, he was like, yeah, it's going to be there all season. Great. Good. That's, that's awesome to hear. You're going to have a growing issue all season. And I thought maybe that there's some correlation with some of these things because, you know, you compensate on one side, another thing starts hurting. Who knows? I could be wrong. The the neat thing is like a, just a contusion or a bruise. That's what at least Nick Nurse mm-hmm. said. But I, I wonder if this was like a different season, if this was last year in Tampa, like would Fred Van Vliet be have been shut down at this point? So that's where my concern is, is mm-hmm. that there's injuries that, all are around his, his legs and knees. And those aren't things like you need those for basketball to be good at it. And he was obviously like not the same player um, <laughs> over the last few games that he was playing in. He was like very much laboring and that's why they decided to give him some time off. But I mean, they've also lost three games in a row now. So he's probably just like, well, you got to get back in there. Got to do mm-hmm. something because the season's kind of, you know, veering the wrong way for us. So yeah, I'm, I am in ooh, deep squat, no, no, I'll be deep squat, deep squat. I'm not, I'm not split squat yet. I, I'm not there yet, yet. I mean, after tonight's game, we might be there because we have to see how he does and hopefully he does play, but there's a concern. I'm I'm a little bit worried about it. You? Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I, like I actually kind of think about this as more of a hunch because I think they've done, the team has done the thing um, that you would want them to do, which is to hold him out for a few games and to like manage and assess as they go. It would mm-hmm. be worse if he was kind of playing through it. It sucks, obviously, for him to see from the sidelines that the effects of him being out is that the team is losing games. But, like, what's more important, right? The value yeah. of Fred Van Vliet in the long term, his body, you know, his career. Like the Like, the team has always said that's, like, first and foremost. So yeah. I think it would be actually more worrisome to me if he was, like, Ask to be playing through this stuff because then there would be no management. Like the contusion stuff sucks. But if like you, you can't manage a player, like you can't, if you wanted to set a player out because you were worried, they might like knock knees with somebody like then sure. they'd never play basketball. Right. Like contact, yeah. like a certain degree of contact is just a reality and you can't guard against like when or how that's going to happen. Guys are really careful. I think they're like, you get a second sense of mm. like the proximal awareness. Like, it's just like, that just comes down to like habit and intuition, but sometimes, yeah. you know, accidents are going to happen. And I'm, I'm really not trying to be like flippant about it, but I do think that um, Fred, again, like this is a two-way line of communication. Fred's super smart uh, person. He is a very vocal person. He's not shy about saying when things feel off or bad or, you know, like, yeah he's never been scared of like calling out others or himself in some cases. Uh, So I think that, you know, you make a good point, like, let's see what it looks like when he's back. But to me, the concern is more long-term with Fred VanVleet, especially because, and like, I may be a lone outlier here, but especially because the season was never, to me, supposed to be like a, a real long run, you know, in the yeah. postseason, Right. Like that's, I guess what I go, I zoom, I try and take like a wide lens of it. And I'm zooming out with this with Fred, because I'd rather, I'd rather he be well for next year when it, the, the, the real form of what this Raptors team is starts to actually, you know, materialize and stabilize and look a lot better and more sure of itself than have him just like, get super strung out in a season that's like it's not really for that.
1: Yes. That is I probably should have saved this for after this game because tonight's gonna inform us quite a bit at Mm -hmm. where Fred is with his niece. So maybe this was a bad topic. That's my bad
0: (laughs) no, I don't think it is yeah we're going we're doing screaming squat for you. Um yeah yeah no (laughs) I think it's it's fair. It's like an ongoing it's the reality of it is like it's an ongoing question and concern with like any NBA team. Right. Yeah. And like any kind of ongoing injury management for any player. So I feel like there's no right or wrong time for those conversations because mm. you're always just going to get more and more information.
1: He was still hitting shots too, which was a funny part. He, he, he couldn't move well, but he was still hitting like these deep threes. Like- of course he was. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's special. Fred's awesome. Okay. This one's um this one's another. So much of the Malachi. One. I'm not really sure where you stand with this, but I'm just okay. throwing it out there, and we can decide where you you can decide where you want to go with it. Okay. So, um, Scotty Barnes over the past seven, seven games, his his offensive role has improved. Um, it's gone up drastically. His usage has gone up quite a bit, um, similar to earlier on the season, right, where there were some injuries and he showed that. Hey, you know what? I could actually score. I could do it pretty well down low, and a lot of guys can't really contain me over his last seven games. 18 points, 60% from the field, nine rebounds, three assists. And that begs a question that, you know, shouldn't Scotty have a more prominent role in the, in the offense, like when they're healthy. I mean, they love doing their isolation possessions and we know his, what he, his craft and how awesome he is at, at uh, passing the ball. And now look, he's got this actually, he's got a mid-range game, sort of. His jumper has come along pretty well and he's a load down there to, to handle for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with him possibly needing more, of uh, of the possessions on uh, on a game by game basis, presuming you got Fred and you got uh, Pascal there too, O.G. and and Gary as trade chips. We know the flaws. They could use a center, although you could probably say that maybe that's not as important compared to you know the the need for guards and the free agent market isn't terrific in 2022. A couple of the names: Jeremy Lamb, we love him, right? Uh, Covington, Gary Harris. Uh, touring Prince like are these names that are really going to be really shifting your franchise probably not um but yeah if you're talking about stability and you know roster construction and figuring out how do we optimize the main pieces of our team and how important is it to win next year after uh this season because you know after next season 2023 or 2022 2023 Fred van Vliet and Gary Trent jr are UFAs and they're gonna opt out um or, sorry they have uh they have player options so they're both gonna opt out because they can both make more money and again that begs the question like how are you gonna be able to utilize all these players in this window of next season or how important is next season to you know try and win a championship um but do you view og or even gary i guess as trade chips this offseason to make more room for scotty barnes to flourish who is a future superstar in the nba
0: no, I'm screaming. No, like I'm screaming down no. in okay. the, yeah, I'm I, down I in the it. scream squat for this one because I, it's so stupid no. to me. Yeah. So <laughs> like, look, um, OG and be again, a player. I will just like scream until I'm hoarse that. You have, like, we have not seen, we have, like, not seen the full breadth and, like, capabilities of him because he Mm -hmm. hasn't ever had the runway to show those things in any of his seasons, really. Like, this is the closest, you know? And this one is still, like, I think it's, it looks and feels awkward because it is. You're trying to work in all these new faces and you're trying to figure out, like, where everybody best fits. And, like, you're trying to get Scotty Barnes, like, when you're talking about getting Scotty Barnes more kind of a like building him more into like the offense. To me, I think the best place for Scotty Barnes, it's almost like when you're doing like, a, it's like a take, I, I'm not trying to be belittling, but it's like a take your kid to work day. And I feel like when they, you want them to see you want them to go to every part of like the company. You want them to see like how everything works, right? Good like, finance. The,
1: look at news. Look at entertainment. Exactly. Look at all these people. Like the hey, value. Jack in, a, in accounting. Yeah.
0: The value of Scotty Barnes in, in him having grown how much he has this season, like well beyond I think what anyone had even like forecasted or even like you know wanted to to dream or hope for.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: like that he's like leaps and bounds ahead of that is fantastic. But you want to work with that because you're all you want to do is like keep expanding like what his ceiling is, right? It's like way too early to talk about that. So the way you do that is like trying to get him comfortable everywhere, everywhere that you can. Um, so you don't just want to like move him strictly into the offense. It's maybe like, maybe there's like, I, I think you have to trust that there's a longer term plan uh, for him there. So, and for Gary, again, like what we talked about earlier, it's just like, he's he's developed so much this season and if we have a problem with shooters already, mm-hmm. why would you make that worse <laughs> by trading him away? Right. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. your microwave shooter. So I get like, yeah, I get the, how lucrative it is in terms of like return for those players. Like those, yeah, they're your best bets. They're going to draw you a good return, but you make a great point. Like what is the return and how far is that actually going to move the needle this off season? To me, yeah. like those aren't the, those, those are two guys you would, you would put in like a big player package, right? Not something just like, well, as we said earlier, a retooling mm-hmm. kind of thing. So no, I'm screaming. I'm in the deep squat split squat, no. screaming. No, no. It's oh, yeah. not worth yeah. it. Yeah, uh, you are kind of you are losing. If you do that, you are forfeiting this like vision that you were moving toward to begin with.
1: Mm-hmm. Th- there is going to be retooling within that vision, though, and I think they're learning about that. There has this to be, season. yeah. However, for sure. maybe it's not OG. I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say that if they were willing to rid with OG or Gary Tran Jr., you know, Miles Turner could potentially, or even Doc Pertle, they they would probably be. Toronto Raptors at this point, maybe, maybe it's crazy, but I think like those are a few of the names that kept on coming up. And like, why wasn't this trade happening? Um, It's because like the Raptors didn't want to get rid of either of those players. Um, I I see what you're, you're talking about. And I, I, I fully understand it. I just think about how do they optimize the lineup then, you know, through the free agent market, like what players are out there. I listed some of the names. Serge Ibaka is going to be a free agent. I, I got a feeling he might return. I just got this feeling his, He's already doing. How hungry are you on Sportsnet? Like,
0: yeah, but can you imagine if the cost of his returning is OG leaving?
1: Well, he's a free, he'd be a free agent. Serge would be a free agent. So, yeah,
0: but so you like, just
1: sign him and you bring him back to Toronto where you belong.
0: Hopefully, but I just mean like the. <laughs> The reality, I don't want to
1: be yeah. in that reality. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. Like, and having one of the best, you know, perimeter defenders in the NBA isn't a bad thing, especially for a Nick Nurse team. This was a topic that was kind of trending on on Twitter a little while ago, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I I'm 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 in a deep squat. I'm not as committed as you are um on this one. And okay. you're you're kind of like, no. I'm like, no, you're not <laughs> doing that because it's not a good idea because he's still very young. He's still developing. And if you want to win a championship, like mm-hmm. you need, you need more talent. You don't want to get rid of talent. You want to add more talent to your, mm-hmm. to your roster. And really this need some shooting off the bench. Like you can find guys who can shoot in the NBA Maybe maybe they're not going to be, you know, six, seven, right. That's whatever, you know, figure it out, but they just need more shooting. That's probably the most important thing. Like a center obviously would be ideal, but they've shown that they can kind of score. Okay. Without a legit center. And, Mm -hmm. Scotty Barnes like I I feel like he's gonna keep on growing and eventually you know come next season he might be seven foot who knows (laughs) that's Scotty Barnes for you don't put a ceiling on him or his height (laughs) oh don't limit
0: don't limit someone who like is already flourishing with like no you know what I mean like with no limits placed placed upon him this is like the best time to be in for a rookie like a rookie in general but then like a rookie like Scotty Barnes like he's in the best possible position right now. Like you don't have to mess with that. Don't mess with it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and I, I, I get that. I got you. I forgot that I was going to check what year it was that they had two <laughs> rookie of the years. Uh, I can't, I can't find it. Oh, here it was it's Steve okay. Francis, Steve Francis okay. and Elton Brand in 1990 and 2000. That was the last time.
0: Yeah, we could do so, it. Let's do it this year. Bring it back. More awards.
1: I think we should too. I keep on seeing Scotty Barnes is still like the odds-on favorite. But I'm like, every time I see Evan Mobley play, he just wows me. So I would be cool with both of them getting it. But I mean, if Scotty gets it, you're not know, gonna hear a complaint out of me. Final topic for you, mm-hmm. Katie. Level of concern about the Raptors being in the play-in. So As we know, the teams that uh, they would be be in the plan at this moment, it would be the Brooklyn Nets who, uh, who have part-time Kyrie. And that might change. Who knows? Um, You got the Charlotte Hornets. You got the Atlanta Hawks and a sneaky team that may end up in the plan is the Chicago Bulls because they can't play. They can't seem to beat anyone above 500 Mm or, or like top four in the Eastern conference or Western conference. And they got a lot of those teams coming up and they're falling in the standings actually. So maybe they become a, a factor in this conversation, but do you worry a little bit about the Raptors having to, you know, be a, a play-in team? Like there's two spots available if, for people who don't know, you know, it's like seven versus eight, nine versus 10. The team who loses in the seven, eight matchup, they play the winner of the nine, 10 matchup and hey, there's your eight seed. So that's kind of how it goes. Um, the Raptors, they're in the seventh spot right now. Who knows where things end up after this uh, little road trip here. Brooklyn is certainly coming on. They just cooked the Charlotte Hornets a couple of days ago. So that would be an interesting matchup for sure. Um, and also Kyrie may, may not be able to play in Toronto. That'd be interesting. Or maybe he will be. Ongoing conversation, obviously. True. Yeah, I didn't anyway. think about that. Yeah, James Harden <laughs> thought about it apparently. That's why he was unsure about staying in Brooklyn. That's a report from, from a credible <laughs> reporter. Uh, but yeah, concern about the Raptors in the plan. I know you're going to say about this. You're not concerned because you're like, it's not that year. Yeah, Jeez. you got me. Um... Ah, geez. <laughs> Jeez. Like I, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to
0: muster, I guess, um, deep, like screaming concern uh, about much this season, just because again, I think my wide lens perspective hasn't really changed. Um, and I think, you know, a plan to be totally honest, none of those teams really freak me out that much, like in a plan situation,
1: Mm. honestly, even Brooklyn.
0: Not really. Like, you know, the the Raptors, like, still are a team that seem to excel in the weirdest times that you'd anticipate them not, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think they play, they quite often, you know, even this iteration of the Raptors play to their opponent's strength uh, and skill. And I think that's why they lose so many games against the Pistons. Um,
1: (laughs) And Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey.
0: I mean, there's a real curse there, but. There is, yeah, I like it no doubt. I, it's it's an interesting thing to be like. This is in Kyrie, like Kyrie's whole situation, that is in the Raptors' favor. It's weird that this is the reality we're living in. It's not yeah. right, but like that's the reality <laughs> we're living in. Yeah. And he he like gives he he gives the Raptors like an an opportunity, right? By basically like his uh, personal choices, so. Mm-hmm sure i'll take it it's like a different kind of advantage in the playoffs than perhaps we've ever seen before but it's there um the hornets like like they don't worry me that much the hawks don't i'm forgetting the last other team you oh the bulls the bulls Uh, yeah the bulls
1: they're a t they're at fourth right now just so get all out there uh they're in fourth right now uh the Cavs are in sixth they're a game behind the cavaliers the Cavs freak me out out the most yeah um that's just a
0: reality, uh, because of Mobley. I mean, Jared Allen is out now. So, but, um, you know, you've still got some pretty like clamp down size there. Um, and like they play with a certain fluidity that the Raptors lack right now. So no, you're right. I guess this is a lackluster answer because I can't be that, uh, upset (laughs) or (laughs) concerned. I think any, um, any like play in.
1: Hey bud. Yeah. What's his name? Katie. That's jeans.
0: That's jeans. She jeans. Yeah. That's jeans. She can't make herself be concerned about anything. Um, but no, I think that, um, (laughs) any play in playoff run, like playoff situation this season is a little bit is a bonus. Give Scotty Barnes like some reps and let him see what that's all about. But Mm -hmm. how much farther are you getting? Is the team getting then? Yeah. the, The second round or like, you know, beyond the play in, I don't know. Are I mean, you, what Raptors, about you? Are
1: you screaming? I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been I've been in such like a, I want to see the Raptors win mode, but mm-hmm. the, the franchise has repeatedly reminded me that that's not the goal for the season with some of mm-hmm. their actions. And so I've had to like constantly like get myself like back down here. Like it's okay. Whatever happens happens because they're looking at this as well as a development year. And it's annoying because after last season in Tampa, like you got Scotty Barnes, Pascal's a new player oh geez like you know the best he's ever been fred's an all-star all this cool things are happening Then you're like yeah but is winning that important i'm like yes it is of course of course it's important go win games
0: i mean i Masai, you jury would agree with you like a hundred percent like that yeah. is what he said all along so i'm like i i understand that big picture yeah. Yeah. winning is important
1: but at the same time um i look at yeah, this last three games has certainly hurt them. That's the nature of the Eastern Conference. You lose three games, then you're going to be taking a few steps backwards. And that's what happened with the Raptors. And this ill timed Western Co- uh, Conference little road trip here really mm-hmm. sucks. And, uh, but Brooklyn, like, I mean, the Kyrie thing, like, it's such a weird thing to talk about, like you said. But I would imagine that, you know, come playoff time, that would all probably, that's all going to be gone. It feels like that's where we're trending so i think Kyrie's is going to be good to go to play in all games and countries and states and yada 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 uh i mean i don't then, know because yeah. ontario
0: like this is a federal <laughs> let's get into it i guess a little bit here we go if it was up to ontario uh and our government perhaps but that's a federal mandate so i'm not sure i'm not sure
1: yeah that's true that's 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 true
0: yeah we'll see We'll see. You're
1: right. It is still, it's mm-hmm. like a ways away. It is. I mean, the Raptors were at the 64 game mark for them. So there's uh, whatever the math is there, are 18 games remaining. And uh, a lot of tough teams in there. Like I said, I think this road trip is going to probably, I mean, obviously it's going to tell us a lot about where they're going to be. You have Fred Van Vliet back. Um, there's some winnable games in there. It's just like, where are you going to be? Like Chris Paul isn't with the, the Suns right now. Devin Booker mm-hmm. is returning. Um, The Clippers are the Clippers. The Lakers are a train wreck. You know, like there's probably some games you could probably leave that road trip three and three, but is that good enough is where I'm not really sure. But this Jared Allen thing that happened to the Cavs is a factor. The Bulls really slumping is a factor. So a couple of wins, a couple of losses, and then all of a sudden maybe you are in a top six spot, but then Brooklyn, um, we'll see how things go for them because Ben Simmons is going to be returning at some point. They got that big game against the 76ers tomorrow. That'll be fun. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see, see that one, but he's not going to play anyways. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I'm not uh, I'm not confident they could beat the, the Brooklyn Nets in a play-in situation, assuming everything's equal. You know, both, both teams are healthy because I think Star Power does really uh end up winning in a one winner game or winner take all. But I guess we should never really question the 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 abilities of one Nick Nurse in a game like that I think he would actually love it like we might see that squad again um, because of how he's I think be it would be full basketball. time
0: yeah like full time in that squat. So wear stretchy pants Nick yeah he's got to get um yeah some like reinforced either like reinforced tailoring or just some ath- athleisure wear yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but I want to see them play a seven game series I think it would really suck for for this team because I I do think you know Looking at the conference, I think they are a top six team in, in terms of um, this, you know, playing ability, talent, uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really have wavered on the Chicago Bulls. I just think they, they had a nice little stretch there. Um, Demar has been great. And we got to wait till, you know, they get healthy. Those are factors too. Caruso and Alonzo Ball not being there is definitely hurting them. But I think they belong in the top six raptors and i think the cabs shouldn't be there just because of how the season has gone i'm just hoping that they kind of just like float away and um we'll just have to see what happens it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting race no question very interesting katie closing thoughts what's coming up for you
0: um i don't know um <laughs> Dishes, yeah. Dishes. Let's see. Like, yeah. Let's just do the. You got dishes and dimes. There's some stuff, but I'm not gonna talk about it for myself. But we got dishes and dimes. Yeah. You can um always check out Basketball Feelings at BasketballFeelings.com. Basketball Feelings podcast going on for subscribers. Nice. Um. Yeah. Uh, You can look at the a lot of the work I do at Dime, and you can find everything uh, on Twitter uh, at Whatevs. W T E V S
1: a great name all right katie thanks so much for joining me everyone Thank you have yourself a really nice whatever day it is tuesday wednesday have a good week um watch hustle play listen to hustle play i love a new episode in a few weeks but in the meantime Donna banton was on uh mike and chris did a mailbag segment which is really funny we talked about goran Dragic. talked about a time where he thought he was being traded by the raptors which happened in camp last year it was a funny thing that happened i mean not for, for us not for him um so yeah check that out And please do uh, have yourself a good night and a day and all that. Bye-bye.